0: This is The Wrap, episode number 28, a weekly show recapping the highlights and fun movie news from the past week. Today is Friday, May 3rd, 2013, and I'm your host, TJ. As I have been doing for the last several episodes, I'll start off this episode with a weekend box office report from last weekend. As we head into the weekend, it'll be interesting to keep these in mind. Number one at the top of the list is Pain and Gain, first week out with $20 Well, $20 is not a huge sum of money. It did propel it to the top of the box office, which is a little bit disappointing, because number two is Oblivion, which is a far better film. And yes, I know this is the second week out for Oblivion, or last weekend was the second week out, but it still deserved to win over Pain and Gain as far as I can tell. I I should say, I should preface and say I have not seen Pain and Gain, so take this perhaps with a grain of salt. I, I just have no interest in the film whatsoever. It looks like a terrible film. I've heard from a few people that it's a terrible film so it was number one pain and gain number two was oblivion uh it it uh, has now gone to uh, 64.7 million domestic and the worldwide is 198 million number three spot is 42 uh, 10.7 million weekend gross 69 million total that's not doing too bad and i'm pretty happy about that because 42 was a great film about jackie robinson so uh number three, number four uh was the big wedding i I don't even know what this is hadn't heard of it before. It got seven point five million and it's the first weekend out for that film. hadn't heard a thing about it, so can't tell you anything. Number five was the crudes with six point six million in the weekend uh gross. This is weekend number six for the crude. so you're talking about a a smash success for the Croods. Uh one of these t- days I'm going to see this film. I just, you know, with everything I've had going on, I haven't had a chance to see it, but I hear good things about it. Number 6, GI Joe Retaliation, 3.6 million over the last weekend, so it brings the mil- uh the worldwide total up to 349 million. Apparently I'm the only one who thinks it wasn't a great film. Number 7 was Scary Movie 5, number 8 was Olympus Has Fallen. So as we head into the weekend now with Iron Man 3 in the theaters, I'm expecting that to smash everything. So we'll see how that goes. On Monday, I posted a link to an article on BGR.com about broadcast TV's nightmare. So I'll just read here. The latest data from analytics film Flurry Research shows that mobile apps are now used by more than 50 million people in America during the most hectic period of the day. And that moment is at 8 p.m. smack in the middle of TV's prime time. On weekends, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. is the stretch when mobile apps reach more than 50 million U.S. consumers. This happens to coincide with the time most big broadcast television shows air. It probably is no coincidence that mobile app usage exploded between 2011 and 2013. The most important primetime shows started imploding. American Idol is now only a shadow of its former self. Its audience collapsed to just 12 million people last Wednesday. Survivor has plunged to 10 million viewers. While I can certainly think of other reasons why American Idol and Survivor ratings are down, I mean, such as the fact that America's fascination with drivel may be waning. <clears throat> That's not the point here. The point is mobile app usage is having an impact, and this is this is an important narrative that we need to take a look at. Uh, it's an important subject. I think it's a it's a subject I'm very interested in because of the way I consume my media. If I'm not watching it in a the theater, I'm probably watching it on Netflix or Hulu. Occasionally, I will rent a Blu-ray, but I prefer to get media online and streaming. All right, so moving on, we see that, um, of course, apps are not the only problem broadcast TV faces. Many cable shows from Bible to Game of Thrones are hitting record audiences, even as NBC and CBS fade away. Netflix just had a blockbuster hit with House of Cards. Again, there's a narrative here. So what is the narrative? The old model is dying. People don't want to make sure they're in the right place at the right time to catch their favorite shows anymore. Just like me, I want to watch it on demand. Well, this is the narrative that we're seeing. So I hope that, hope these studios are paying attention. So be sure to check out that article on BGR.com. It's very fascinating. On Monday, we got a trailer for red Two, trailer number two. I'm, uh, I'm thinking this film looks like a lot of fun. I was a fan of the first one. I liked it a lot. It's, it was silly and yet it was fun. and, And uh, boy, I just, I really loved the first film. And the second one looks pretty good. They're adding a couple of characters, a couple of actors, Anthony Hopkins and uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones to the list. But, you know, you have all your same uh, stars returning as well. So uh, be sure to check it out. You know, you've got Bruce Willis, Helen Mirren, John Malkovich, um, Mary Louise Parker. So I, I think it'll be a fun film, just like the previous film was. And the trailer is in the show notes. Star Trek Into Darkness clip. I allow it. Um, This this is where Captain Kirk is speaking to Benedict Cumberbatch uh, through the glass of the brig, and uh, it appears to be the brig of the Enterprise. And I'm you know Harrison is using manipulation and psychology on Kirk. I don't I don't believe a word he's saying. But there's some there's some interesting things here. Now you should know that this is possible spoiler territory. I'm about to go into for Star Trek Into Darkness, but this is my deductions. I don't have actual. Um, I don't have actual facts that I'm disseminating to you from uh, Bad Robot or Paramount or anything like that. So now watch the clip and then listen to what I'm going to say about it. So uh, with this, what does this mean? Anyone who wants answers can watch the first 10 minutes of the original series episode. Here we go. Spoiler. Space Seed. John Harrison in this clip tells Kirk he has 72 reasons for Kirk to do something. 72 is the number of the botany bay crew members that survived in space seed the original series episode so whatever happens whatever the truth is this is not a coincidence um, i think it's connected to space seed in some way uh, this number may have been put into the clip specifically i think so that so that it to deceive us to make us think it has something to do with space seed but it is not a coincidence like it Regardless of whether it's to make us think it's about Space Seed or if it actually is about Space Seed, that number is significant. I'm not saying John Harrison is actually Khan, played by Benedict Cumberbatch. We, we don't know yet. I know there are spoilers out there. I have avoided them. I have not read them. Some people know the answer to this question. I don't want to know until I see the film, but I will speculate, and I, I don't know for sure, but there is a connection. Um, and I will be slightly disappointed at the villainous con, but I think Anthony Pascal on the podcast a couple weeks ago did change my mind about that To the mo- for the most part. because Just because a character reappears doesn't mean we're telling the same story again, and, and certainly all the main characters have appeared in the new Star Trek. So I'm going to withhold my judgment, and we'll wait and see. And while we're talking about Star Trek Into Darkness, there are a couple more uh, items that you'll also find in the show notes, a couple more clips Um Meeting Carol and Scotty pro, uh, character profile that you'll want to check out. There's a lot of good stuff coming out from Into Darkness lately. Uh, in fact, I'm a little bit frustrated um, about how much stuff is coming out for Star Trek Into Darkness. I wish they'd tone it down a bit. I feel like they just keep releasing these small clips and um, it's kind of spoiling the film. But at the same time, I feel like I have to keep up with these clips just to uh, keep up with the conversation because they are being officially released. So it's a little bit frustrating. Then on Wednesday, I posted a link to the Instacast for Mac public beta. This doesn't have anything to do with TV or uh, movies, but it does have to do with podcasts. And, you know, we do podcasts here at Movie Byte. So I just wanted to make mention of it. The Instacast for Mac public beta is available. I've been an Instacast for iPhone user for a long time. I do not like the way iTunes and uh, the podcast app that Apple has put out handles podcasts at all. And so I'm excited that Instacast for Mac is here. It syncs all your subscriptions between the iPhone, uh, the iOS client, whether it's iPad or iPhone, and your computer on your Mac. Uh, if you don't have a Mac, you'll miss out. I'm sorry about that. And we do love all you people who use Windows, but you should probably get a Mac. <laughs> all right, so Instacast for Mac Public Beta. Be sure to check that out. Uh, the link for that is in the show notes. On Thursday, I posted an article about the last reel to reel being shown in a little art theater in Yellow Springs, Ohio. On Tuesday, the theater will run uh, its old – and this this article I posted after it happened, so this was last Tuesday. The theater will run its old 35-millimeter film projector for the last time. Then starting Wednesday, it will close for several months to install an expensive new digital projection system. Uh, I know this is somewhat the end of an era, uh, really, because major studios are all moving to digital distribution in one form or another. Even delivery over the internet, I think, is in the future and and is already here to, on in some theaters, and I've uh, I've actually viewed films that have been distributed over the internet, and it certainly is a huge cost-saving measure when you think about all the films that the film that does not have to be printed, doesn't have to be delivered. You just cut so much cost; it only makes sense. And frankly, though I am a fan of film and I am a fan of film projection, uh, it is done. It, it is not done right more than it is done right and so it actually looks worse than a good digital projection usually because your projectionist is usually 16 years old and he doesn't know how to do it and and lots of complications there so i don't think this is necessarily a bad thing but you know i know people will disagree with me and, and you're entitled to your opinion and uh yeah all that good stuff so the last reel to reel article on npr i recommend checking that out this is a fun one. Mom tells son the plot of The Matrix. Uh, this this guy's uh, mom had apparently never seen The Matrix before, and she watched the film. She didn't really like it. She got a lot of facts confused and wrong, and the animation of this video is pretty funny. And uh, this is just a fun one. I wanted to recommend that you check it out. You'll find the link, of course, as always, in the show notes. Uh, all right, today I posted a, a trailer for White House Down. This is trailer number two. I actually, you know what, I think I'd heard the name tossed around, but I didn't know anything about this film before today. There's, you know, there's a possibility that this could be a good film. On the other hand, it could be a bad film. It's, you know, it's another White House uh, terrorist kind of a film, and it's directed by Roland Emmerich and stars Channing Tatum. So, don't know what that'll mean for you. Roland Emmerich seems to hold a little more weight with me. Channing Tatum has been the star of several films I haven't been fond of. So, uh, we'll see. I'm, I'm gonna wait and see how this goes. Uh, it's it's coming out on June 28th, so we'll get to see soon. And this week I posted my review of Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan. With Star Trek Into Darkness coming up, this seemed like a good time to do it. And also, as I'll mention in a moment, we had a special guest on the podcast to talk about the film. So I took some time to write, uh, I think, if I remember right, it was around 2,800 words. A lot of uh, a lot of stuff, a lot of words poured forth from me for this review. I gave the film five stars, of five. So the highest rating that you can give it. This is my second favorite film, the first being The Matrix this is my second favorite, uh, and please check out the article and read it because I feel very strongly about this film, and there's no way I can talk about it in a 15-minute or less podcast, so be sure to check out the article. And then, as I mentioned, we had a special guest on the podcast this week to talk about The Wrath Khan. That special guest was Dan Benjamin. Dan Benjamin of 5x5.tv, he's the reason that I am in podcasting in the first place. Uh, he inspired me to it. I've been listening to his shows for a while And I finally felt compelled to actually contribute to the medium of podcasts rather than just be a consumer. And uh, so he's been an important influence in my podcasting life and appreciate his shows. And he joined us on the Movie Byte podcast. So I was a little bit geeking out as a fan, and uh, it's a lot of fun. It was a great episode. We settled in and had a great conversation about The Wrath of Khan he brings a little perspective to it that that neither Joe nor I have since he is a little older than we are and was older when the film came out. I was born the year the film came out. I was only a few months old when that film hit theater. So, you know, I do have a different perspective on it. Joe hadn't even been born yet. He's a couple years younger than I am. So he does bring that perspective as well. So not only is he a little bit of a tech geek and a movie geek, but he brings a different perspective of having been around when that film came out. So, be sure to check out episode 42 of the Movie Byte podcast. That's moviebyte.com slash mbpodcast slash 42 is where you'll find the episode, and I'll also put it in the show notes. All right, now let's talk about what you might like to see this weekend. Opening this weekend, Iron Man 3. I had the chance to see this film last night, and let me tell you, it is pretty fantastic. Um, I'm, I haven't given it my official star rating yet. I'll be sure to have that in mind before I do a review or talk about it on the Movie Byte podcast with Joe. But I'm leaning towards four of five stars. I, I really did like it. I appreciated the fact that this wasn't just another Iron Man versus a stronger Iron Man suit kind of a thing, like like with uh, with Iron Man Two and um, um, uh, Mickey Rourke. It just that film was just so terrible. And this film is more about the character development and more about the characters of the film and. Yes, there's action, but there's also just a lot of good character development and the like. It's two hours and twenty minutes. It's a fairly long film, but it didn't feel that long at all to me. I highly recommend this film. Uh, certainly, if anything else in theaters right now, it's it's top of the uh, of the crop. So be sure to check it out this weekend if you're interested in getting out to the cinema. Other films still in theaters are Pain and Gain, Oblivion, Forty Two, The Crudes, Scary Movie Five, GI Joe Retaliation. And Olympus Has Fallen. For more on my thoughts and uh, some input from me on those films and how I feel about them, be sure to check out the article I've linked up in the show notes. That is all I've got for you this week. You can find the links for all this cool stuff in the show notes at moviebyte.com slash therap slash 28. You can follow Movie Byte on Twitter to stay up to date, at Movie or you can follow me on Twitter, at TJDraperPro. You can also like Movie Byte on Facebook, facebook.com slash moviebyte, and be sure to visit the website where we keep you up to date every weekday at moviebyte.com. That's it. That's all I've got. Thanks for listening. I hope you have a great weekend at the cinema.